0: Hello and welcome to Sex Time. So this is going to be an interesting episode uh, uh, that may be overstating and overpromising things. It's going to be an episode. This is the podcast that is fun to make, but bad to listen to, I'm assuming. So, uh, Badger is unable to join us today. We have another week of things just going absolutely upside down, Um, and I need to explain why there wasn't even an episode last week at all. Um, Last Monday, I had surgery, and uh, it was more intense of a surgery than I was hoping or expecting. I knew it was going to be intense because my doctor told me it was going to be intense, and i've heard reports of people who had just like the worst time ever with the surgery but then there was my mother who was also going on about how her neighbor had surgery and she was walking around the next day and i asked what kind of surgery her neighbor had and she's like oh i don't remember but you know it she was fine it's going to be fine um it was not fine i um I'm healing very well and my swelling is not so bad and my pain levels are really not that bad at the moment because I've been really, really doing a lot of the rest, which (laughs) is not a lot of work for me because my preferred uh, state of being is immobile yet somehow so conscious. Um, But the first few days were really difficult. It was quite painful um, and I couldn't move around at all and getting up to go to the bathroom was so much work that I was actually kind of purposely dehydrating myself, so I wouldn't have to do that as often. Uh, I almost fainted in the shower, and um, by the time our usual recording date came around, uh, it was only a th- three days post-surgery, and I said that I just couldn't Um, Badger has a lot of stuff going on right now too with, um, you know, she's constantly busy with her animal rescue, the Portland Guinea pig rescue. And it's just a very busy time of year. And as a result of me being out because of my surgery, um, she's helping do a lot of my backup work because we are coworkers. So she has just, she's had a lot on her plate as well. So with all of that, we just didn't put out an episode at all last week. Not even a sorry that there is no episode episode. Um, This week I did manage to watch the episodes, but it is Thanksgiving today, which makes it a difficult day for everyone to just get on the same page schedule wise. I know most people celebrate Thanksgiving and eat at like two in the afternoon. My family does like the 6 p.m. thing because My family just has to be what they're going to be, which means we're going to have a green salad instead of like an opulent, ostentatious, ridiculous table spread like most people have at Thanksgiving. It's just going to be like, oh, doesn't everyone feel so full on this gourmet cranberry zest spread? And we're like, nobody eats cranberries, but you mom. And she's like, that's cool. And she asks me and my brother what we would like to have for a side dish. And we tell her and she says no, because it's a Christmas one. And we say no, but we really would like it. And she said no. And it's like, why do you even ask our opinion? But okay. So it's just kind of another overwhelming week. And I know that the week before, um, but before last, there was an episode that was basically us recording separate segments. And that was the overwhelm episode. So this is an unintentional overwhelm part two. And um, I have watched the episodes for both Adventure Time and Sex in the City. But I think we want to get back on track and record those together as soon as possible. So I have found something to substitute for that in in the meantime. Um, and this is something that I was going to just save um, until we had gotten through everything. Um, and then I was going to ask Badger to evaluate it with me. But um, because there are spoilers and uh, I didn't want to... I didn't want to uh, force <laughs> force her to acknowledge events that hadn't happened yet in Sex and the City because uh, it's already too much for her. And my computer just fell asleep. Okay, so this is an article I found on Dig, and it's actually from June of this year. I just realized, and I don't know why it was on the homepage of Dig, but it was. So um, it is an, a vulture article, and you know what? I'm going to say that this is going to fall under fair use because I'm going to be using this for comedic purposes, and I am not making any money off of it, so we're just going to read the article. I'm realizing right now that my mouth is getting dry, and I didn't bring a beverage in with me. Um, Cool. Well, we're just going to suffer through it, just like every other part of this podcast. If you hear any slashing, I'm trying to soak my cuticles at the same time because after I get done with this, I've got about two hours before my brother picks me up because I don't even have my car with me right now and he's going to pick me up and take me to Thanksgiving. So I have to do my nails and like look presentable, which I haven't done. I've worn pants once in the last like two weeks. It's just been leggings and nothing for a while. Okay, Fulture, June 7th, 2018 in the category of anniversaries. What would Sex in the City look like in 2018? The show writers plot out six episodes. Um, this is by Jennifer Keishan Armstrong, and uh, it's, it's not as long as it's going to sound like it's going to be. I mean, it, it read very quickly to me. Introduction. With Sex and the City celebrating 20th, the 20th anniversary of its premiere and almost every other old TV show getting a reboot, I couldn't help but wonder, that's a callback to how Carrie writes things. What would the storylines be if Sex and the City returned in 2018? To find out, I canvassed show writers Jenny Bix, Cindy Chupak, Amy B. Harris, Julie Rottenberg, and Elisa Zeritsky, all featured in my new cultural history of the show, Sex and the City and Us. I may have to check that out. They had answers at the ready. They already drew from their own lives during the show's original run. What we did so well, if I can be so bold, was to talk about things that you don't want to say out loud but are actually, that are actually going on in your life, Harris says. So now it's what your marriage looks like, what raising kids looks like. Every relationship has endless story to tell. <laughs> I, um, I'm wondering if uh, the women who wrote on this show also failed to pass the Bechdel test in their own personal lives, since it seems like the show has a very big problem with women talking about anything but men. But, you know, we only see a half hour in the lives of four women. They could be attending feminist symposiums the rest of the time. I don't know. So, in the years since the Sex and the City finale, Rottenberg says the writers still constantly emailed each other sharing their various mortifications, and the subject line is often, if only we still had a show. Here, they imagine what six episodes in, 28, in a 2018 season might look like. All right. The first episode is titled Natural Women, and it's an, uh, there's artwork in, uh, I'll just, the artwork is actually pretty fantastic, and that's by Alex Fine. Uh, the first image is Samantha doing yoga, but it's goat yoga, and so she's in a position where, um, there's a goat on her back and there's a cosmopolitan next to her. Okay, the episode is Natural Women. Charlotte's little girl is constantly rubbing up against things in public, having discovered masturbation without knowing it. Charlotte doesn't want to stifle her sexuality, but she can't let this go on. This prompts a classic brunch debate. Samantha argues that it's great, while Miranda advocates allowing it only in private. This prompts all the women, except Samantha of course, to wonder what they would have been like if allowed to freely explore their sexuality from a young age. They also, uh, they all also check out Trendy Yoga with Goats class. Uh, Carrie A. Trendy Yoga with Goats class. I'm not on my opioid right now, so it's kind of appalling that I can't read um, for shit right now. Um, Carrie tries steaming her vagina for a magazine story and is dismayed to find that she loves it, despite her conviction that vaginas are perfectly fine in their natural state. Carrie can't help but wonder, are we nothing more than our animal instincts? So, um... I I absolutely think Charlotte would want to stifle her daughter's sexuality because I'm of the opinion that Charlotte was raised to not acknowledge her sexuality probably ever. Um, And despite, you know, living in New York as long as she has, she probably still thinks that that isn't appropriate for children. Um, She's just too conservative and boring to think that a child exploring their body is cool. Um, I had a friend... um, Not a friend and acquaintance whose daughter discovered, I don't know if you know this, but sometimes very, very, very small children discover um, touching themselves. And so she just had to have the conversation about like, that's a bedroom activity. It's not a dining table activity. It's not an out at a restaurant activity. Um, And her daughter was about two. Um, So the girls in Charlotte's family would probably be god teenagers now so I mean they're gonna figure it out eventually everybody does eventually but Charlotte would be like the worst mom to have the talk with um I also find it weird that that Carrie would think that her vagina is best in its natural state I don't think that Carrie is that concerned with things being natural um I don't think that she's got a particular, like, Earth Mother vibe to it. I think if anybody did, it would probably be, God, who in this fucking show would just, like, let it be with their vagina? I feel like all of them did something with their vaginas at some point. Maybe Charlotte would be fine with just, like, leaving things alone. But we, I mean, we hear a lot about how Samantha treats her grooming habits. I'm just trying to think. Yeah, this doesn't sound like it fits with anybody in here. I could see a Goats with Yoga class happening. And I wonder who would have initiated it. Charlotte. Probably fucking Charlotte. Okay. The next episode. And then it starts with a picture of um, Charlotte in her very suave, fancy New York apartment looking appalled at her phone. her nails are pink her nails are like never done in the show um and she has a a cosmopolitan in front of her oh I'm noticing a trend (laughs) oh before I move on I did one time um I had a friend who was very very into Sex in the City and I think she's probably the reason I watched it um we had a like finale watching party so holy god that was a long time ago and we got all the stuff to make uh cosmopolitans or rather they did i wasn't even 21 yet and we drank like a huge pitcher of cosmos and everyone got shit faced and we were in like one other friend's really shitty apartment and we are really trying to think that we were fancy despite circumstances and there's something very iconic about cosmopolitans but they are Really, like, they give me so much acid reflux. They're not a good drink. They're not. Okay. (laughs) This episode is called Text and Subtext. Okay. The women are having a harder time than ever finding time to get together for their ketchup brunches, going through dozens of text rounds before they find a time that works for all of them. In the chaos, Charlotte accidentally sends the girls a dick pic of Harry, who it turns out is packing. One, I do not think Charlotte would have a dick pic of Harry on her phone. No fucking way. No way. No. Harry would have pictures of her. And she'd be like, oh, Harry, stop. (laughs) And she would be fine with it. But she would absolutely not have pictures of Harry on her phone like that. Um, when they finally get together, Carrie sparks tension by demanding they ban phones during brunch. Um... Everybody, I have an idea about that. Okay, Everyone's always got a great sounding excuse. They're waiting for a text from work, the babysitter the contractor, but she wants to maintain the bond like they did their bond, like they did in the old days, connecting in person and discussing their lives without distractions. The experiment goes well at first. They're actually able to get in into meteor topics of conversation without the distraction of technology. until Miranda confesses she's having withdrawal symptoms, can't go another minute without checking her phone, and then confesses she's addicted to technology and needs help. The women decide to go on a group tech cleanse the way they used to do juice cleanses. Carrie can't help but wonder, are cell phones making us all dicks? So two thoughts on this one. Uh, Carrie, yeah, I believe she would say no to the cell phone thing because I think uh, avid watchers of the show notice that she, when she gets her little cell phone, she keeps that cell phone through like the entire series and doesn't upgrade and she's not really super into tech technology. She's afraid of her computer. She thinks that instant messages, people can see her through them. That sort of thing. So I think she would probably say like, guys, let's put the phones down. Um, But if Miranda is that uh, uh, obsessed with technology, she's going to have an Apple Watch. So she's going to be fine. And Carrie probably won't even know what an Apple Watch is. So she won't think to ban them at the table. So... I don't think they're going to go on a tech cleanse. Two of them are parents at this point in time. Uh, so I don't think that would work. And um, Samantha, who actually has like a business, probably wouldn't do that either. So uh, I don't think they would do a tech cleanse. I think Carrie just kind of in- inadvertently does tech cleanses because she's too busy shopping to look at her phone. But everybody else, and, and I don't buy it. I don't fucking buy it. Okay personally political <laughs> uh the picture is steve and uh, miranda except it's basically cynthia nixon i <laughs> a know podium and it says miranda for new york and there's a cosmopolitan and it basically looks like what we experienced this year with the primaries for the new york gubernatorial race uh because cynthia nixon is uh gonna be ruling us all someday Miranda decides to run for governor. Oh, weird. Prompting her and Steve to once again evaluate their income imbalance. They'd long ago gotten used to Miranda as the breadwinner, but Steve will now have to step up if they're going to maintain their lifestyle while she campaigns. Yet, he'll also find himself in a strange position, strange, strange position of being a political spouse. Samantha tries a vampire facial, which requires a blood test beforehand. Through the process, she finds that she has the breast cancer gene, which can also cause ovarian cancer. She ponders having her ovaries removed since she's not planning to use them anyway, but the decision is surprisingly agonizing. Carrie can't help but wonder what really makes us women or makes men, men. Um, The Miranda plotline I kind of buy, but by this point in time, excuse me, I really need a beverage and I should have thought about that beforehand. Um... Steve, at this point in time, owns his own bar, and they live in a home in Brooklyn, so they are probably financially stable enough that they don't have to, like, worry that much. I mean, his bar, I recall, did well, so he probably is fine on the income front. Um, and as far as lifestyle goes, like neither of them are really fucking fancy. I mean, she wears high quality clothing and, uh, you know, they take care of their, their family and everything, but I don't think that they're like out buying Rolexes on the regular. Uh, with the vampire facial, I do not think that they screen for cancer genes. I think they just do a test to make sure that you don't have anything, um, like an STI that you could be putting into your face or something like that. I do not think this is a plausible plot line. Um, And it wouldn't, I don't think it would surprise Samantha to know that she had the breast cancer gene because she had breast cancer in the show. Um, And at this point in time, she's probably already gone through menopause. So, I mean, she should probably have like had that, internal conversation when Angelina Jolie got her mastectomy, you know, if there's the breast cancer gene, I had breast cancer, maybe I have the gene, talk to my doctor, maybe I'll get my, o- o- I bet she had her ovaries removed 10 years ago, just, gonna, she's not using them, probably as a preventative measure, she probably didn't want to go through cancer again, do you remember what the cancer depiction was like on this show, it was pretty like, god, cancer does not look fun, I mean, we knew that, but they actually did kind of a good job of explaining how much it sucked for her kind of she never really got emaciated she just got hot a lot and she had to shave her head and then smith shaved his head and yet she ended things with him anyway (sighs) if badger's listening she has no idea what the fuck i'm talking about okay episode stranger than fiction there's no picture that goes with this one it's kind of a disappointment i've been enjoying the pictures uh, Stranger than fiction, Carrie continues her writing career by venturing into fiction, though it's still loosely based on her own reality, prompting everyone in her life to speculate about who is whom and what she meant with her characterizations. Charlotte is nervous starting a new higher powered job as a museum director, and her daughter gives her a good luck fairy, Rose for her first day um Rose is one of her daughter's names, right, Lillian Rose. Also, again, this kid would be a teenager by now, so I don't think, what the fuck? Okay, when Charlotte has a great first day, she asks her daughter to make sure Rose is with her for day two, but her daughter tells her Rose has gone to Canada. Despite Charlotte's good-natured requests, can't she fly back? Mommy needs her. Again, her daughter would be a fucking teenager by now. But she, Charlotte would probably still refer to herself as mommy. Uh, her daughter maintains roses out of the country, prompting a surprising outburst from Charlotte that reveals her insecurities. When the blast mezuzah also falls off their front door, Charlotte is convinced they're cursed. <laughs> uh, Badger doesn't know that Charlotte turns Jewish. <laughs> Meanwhile, Samantha books a session with a sexy shaman and drags Carrie, Miranda, and Charlotte to an ayahuasca retreat, where they're all shaken by their own visions. Carrie can't help but wonder, what is real, what is faith, and do we all need something to believe in? Okay, the Charlotte plot line is clearly bullshit. Um, Samantha would absolutely do an ayahuasca retreat, but I cannot think she would do it with anyone except maybe Carrie, because everyone else is too uptight. I bet she would find, I don't know, men to do it with her, and then she would get pervy with it. Yeah, I don't think she would welcome their negative energies into this process. Has everyone seen Difficult People? There's an ayahuasca episode in Difficult People. She should do it with all of the women in the ayahuasca episode of Difficult People. I bet she'd have a fuckload of fun with those women. Okay. Me three. Okay. All of the women are at a table eating their brunch like typical. And they have, you guessed it, cosmopolitans in front of them in this illustration. Miranda arrives late to brunch because one of her favorite male colleagues was just fired following hashtag me accusations. She's conflicted because despite her feminist convictions, what? Oh, Miranda. I thought they were talking about Charlotte for a second. Oh my God. Okay. Yes. I would say Miranda is more feminist than a few of them. I think of the women in there, the actual performative feminist is Samantha. Um, Miranda is like the, I read Susan Faludi feminist and Samantha's like, fuck everyone. I'm sex positive. So she's like actually the feminist, but okay. Um, she's conflicted because despite her feminist conviction, she loved this guy and isn't sure the accusations warranted his dismissal. Samantha says that she too is being sued by a former assistant for sexual harassment, which she doesn't feel is warranted. Carrie, Charlotte and Miranda share their hashtag stories. And Miranda is particularly horrified to recall several experiences she had as a teenager, the same age her son, Brady is now Miranda reconsiders how she's raising her own son. When he tells her he's taking a girl on a date, she insists on a sit down with the two of them during which she goes embarrassingly overboard and scares them out of their date. Carrie can't help but wonder how do we go from hashtag me Too to no one ever. Um, so I think the sexual harassment accusation against Samantha would probably be plausible. Um, she There are many episodes, I think, where it talks about her kind of um, uh, disregard for it being an office environment when she has some sexual encounters with Richard, right? His name is Richard, you know, the one that gave her the pearl thong um, and, and that sort of thing. And then she also has a track record of disgruntled former assistants, like the one that she had that through that long Island party and didn't know how to like keep her shit together. Um, so it, yeah, but I feel like Samantha might also, yeah, the accusation would probably happen, but it might actually be somewhat warranted that Samantha at least behaves without considering how her actions might make other people uncomfortable we recently had an episode where people said, you know, stop saying the word cock because there's people with children at the next table. And she's like, that's their problem. So she, she has somewhat of a disregard for how other people might not be as sexually liberated and free and reserved. They might be more reserved than she is. Um, Charlotte scaring the shit out of Brady and his date about sex, I don't think would happen I think that she would scare Brady out of his date privately. I don't think she would have a meltdown in front of a date she didn't know. But her son? Oh my god. Miranda? Yeah. Her kid. Her poor kid. If you're new to Sex in the City, Miranda had her son Brady when she and Steve were not yet married. Um, She had a lazy ovary, he had one testicle, they had sex, they weren't, I don't even think together. She had the baby after considering an abortion, didn't have the abortion because Cynthia Nixon was pregnant in real life, and then she named her son Brady, um, because Steve's last name is Brady, so he was Brady Hobbs, and then she married Steve, so Miranda Hobbs and Steve Brady have a son named Brady Hobbs, because this show is poorly written. I'm sorry. <laughs> there are six women, I think, that we're talking to about these episodes, but they're not good at this. I don't think they thought these things through. I don't know why they named the kid Brady. I don't. I think everyone knew at the end, Miranda was going to wind up with Steve and now she's got a kid with a confusing ass name for the rest of his life. And he's probably going to consider getting a new first name and then having his Brady Hobbs hyphenated. And she's just making things difficult for people. Why? Okay. If, my neighbors can probably hear me. Just checking. I have a cat sitting behind me and she's also disgusted with everything that's going on right now. The last one, it's called the parenting trap. Charlotte and Miranda have found that making mom friendships is at least as hard as dating. In fact, it's harder. The kids have to get along and you have to get along with the other mom and husbands throw another variable into the mix. Wow, this is really heteronormative. Sometimes kids have two mommies or two daddies or just one of everything or they're raised by a grandparent or a guardian. This is some bullshit. Okay, this, this discussion prompts Charlotte and Miranda to re-examine their own friendship. Why aren't they mom friends? Already friend friends. When they try hanging out without Char- Carrie and Samantha, they find themselves judging each other's parenting styles, which surprisingly go against type. Charlotte has learned to be more laid back with her children, while Miranda micromanages hers. Samantha, fed up with all this talk of kids and marriage, decides to get herself some new friends. She forms a foursome with three other Samanthas, in quotes, all older women who are still single and as into partying as ever, and finds that she's actually the Charlotte of the group. Carrie takes the new Second Avenue subway just to see what all the fuss is about. She finds herself amazed and moved at how clean and beautiful it is and how New York City could come through on this project that had been in the works for so many years. Carrie can help but wonder, are any of us past the point of changing our ways? Or is there always room for a new route somewhere unexpected? So I feel like, um, Charlotte and Miranda would have already been able to assess each other's parenting styles at some point in this process, because this is a group of like four basically codependent women and their kids are teenagers. So they know how each other deals with their children. Um, I could see Samantha trying to find friends who are a little more her speed. Um, her being the 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 Charlotte of the group, I don't think so. She's probably the most Samantha of them all. I don't buy it. Um, and then Carrie taking the subway seems really against type as well because uh, Carrie takes cabs everywhere because Carrie has um very poor money management, so. I don't think there's ever a scene on the subway in the entire show, as far as I can recall. I was just thinking about that. I took the subway when I visited New York quite a bit, um, and it was fine. I mean, I washed my hands before I ate anything afterwards, but it was okay. It was okay. Anyway, so that was some of the writer's... Thinking about what would happen in 2018. And um, in some instances, forgetting a little bit about some of the core uh, characteristics of the women they had written about for so long. Um, <laughs> hopefully, uh, next week, we get back to um our normal. Which, I don't know what our normal will even really be. Because it's the holiday season and normal is just weird. I um I'm healing. I'm getting better. I think Badger might be um back in the in the swing of things with the recording schedule soon as well. So, we will give it a shot. Otherwise, um you might just get more of me next week. And uh I don't do super hot on the solo front because uh I annoy myself, so I imagine the rest of you are probably Oh, not even listening anymore, <laughs> so but thank you if you did um again, the perpetual question why um and we will be back in some form or another with uh an episode of sex time and uh if we can't do another uh one with actual episodes, we will do something with Adventure Time next because uh, obviously this was a very Sex and the City-heavy episode. I guess as they say, write what you know. Um, I'm not even writing anything. I'm just critiquing the writing of others. So who's the fucking hack here, right? Um, thank you. Find us on Twitter at SextimePod, on Instagram at SextimePod, and on Facebook. Bye. <music>